0: Hello everybody and welcome to the PK Podcast. We have a jam-packed show for you tonight. New rankings to discuss, a whole bunch of results from last week, and even some previews to talk about. Thank you for tuning in, and let's dive in. Hello everybody, thank you for tuning in to the PK Podcast. It's episode 13, it is week 7 of the Iowa High School football season. Uh, this week has been a little bit funky on my part. Had some college assignments, had some classes pick up. It's that time of year, it's midterm time. So I was not able to get you the, the Sunday night recap episode, but we got you with the Wednesday a uh, preview episode. We're also going to be talking about some stuff that happened last week, so you won't be missing a beat there. So with that being said, we're going to dive right in to make sure this duration of the video isn't I mean of the podcast isn't too crazy. So let's dive into some of the action that happened last week to lead off the show. So leading us off, we've got Waukee Northwest versus Sioux City East. This game, I mean we saw Waukee Northwest dominate defensively seventeen to four seven was the final score. Um, if you're a casual of the sport <laughs> As some people would say, you would have thought Sioux City East would possibly defeat Joaquin Northwest on the road because of the performance that they had the week prior against Centennial where they probably should have won straight up. They forced a bunch of turnovers, had Centennial kind of on the ropes but allowed uh, big plays, which led to uh, Centennial storming back and winning, stealing that game from them, which would have, without a doubt, I think – guaranteed Susie East's playoff spot if they win that. Now, I wouldn't beat up on yourself too much for that because it proved you're able to be with that top-caliber team because uh, if you haven't been around Iowa High School football for the past couple of years, City East kind of comes in with a good record for this, against those CIML teams and then just gets kind of throttled and everyone's like, yep, yeah, told you so. They're not as good as we thought they were. Um, that being said, Waukee Northwest handled them. Pretty, pretty uh it was a pretty dominant win for them uh Joaquin Northwest had a nice little rushing attack going 249 rush yards on the game and they averaged about 4.6 yards per carry um the biggest story of the game in my opinion was Cole Ritchie kind of was limited um Cole Ritchie if you don't know has been balling this year he is I think second in passing yards this year he might have dropped a little bit since last game but he's been phenomenal here. He was limited to 22 for 46 passing, so about that's below 50%, which is way below his standards. And then 169 yards passing and one touchdown. Um, he also threw an interception, which is a rarity uh, when you're facing Cole Ritchie. Um, I think Joaquin Arfus must have seen something in this passing attack, and they ease they jumped on it with ease. Um, I don't. When I checked in, it was like I think it was 17-0 at half or 14-0 at half. Um, this never really was like a, a nail biter. 17-7 kind of shows that it possibly was a nail biter. I wouldn't say that. Um, Northwest forced three turnovers this game. Again, turnovers one of the biggest uh, stats you can look at, especially with these high-powered offenses that we see um walking northwest was able to force three of those i believe it was one interception and two forced fumbles um they also based on the stat there isn't if you don't know on a varsity bound there isn't an official time of possession stat because i don't think anyone sits in their booth on friday night and is anticipating what the time of possession will be um but there is tackles there's total tackles so you would assume the team that got the most tackles was on the field way longer than t- team that done it that doesn't have as many tackles well Sioux City said 72 tackles compared to Joaquin Irfus 43. I think that just in itself proves to um, proves the theory that I mean Joaquin Irfus is going to run the ball and if, they don't care if they're getting only like three to four yards of carry if they're staying in the schedule for that first down they're gonna keep running it and um, right here I mean Sam Johnson he is had like another 200 yard game and he has 100 yards rushing and like 100 yards passing i think he had like 81 yards passing i'm not sure he had 100 but um i mean they're it's a simple game plan offensively for them they they're not gonna do too many like complicated things they might beat you over the top um every now and then with a play action pass but i don't i don't think they're ever gonna come at you with this oklahoma style offense or should i say oklahoma from like three years ago that, that's kind of outdated at this point. Um, but, I mean, this is a really impressive win for walking Northwest, mainly based – because I, I, I said casual at the beginning. I mean, I've, I I envisioned a closer game than this. I, I thought walking Northwest would kind of struggle. Um, but they showed that their defense can easily step up to this test. Um, that being said, I believe coming into the, the week – they had just played Sioux City West, while well, Sioux City East had just played a literally like a heart-breaking loss against uh, Centennial. So there was maybe a little bit of kind of they had an extra day of rest too. I believe they played on Thursday, so there was definitely a little bit, um, a little bit of a probably fatigue, I'd say, especially with the back-to-back trips from Western Iowa to Central Iowa. Like that's a, I don't even know. Like I, I don't get around a lot. I don't drive like that around the state. That's probably a two-hour drive. Right? I'd assume, right? Three-hour, four-hour. Some some adult that's done that's driven way more than me. Let me know, because that that seems like I'll just look it up on Google Maps, honestly. But um, that that does seem a little bit fatiguing, Kind of sucks that they kind of got that draw. And you hope the state would do like a since they since they do schedules like how it's like kind of like a home and away. I kind of wish they'd make it so teams don't have to have back-to-back road games that are, like, three-hour-long drives. Um, but that had massive playoff implications. I mean, if walking if Air Force lost that game, I would start to be like, what are, what are they going to do? Like, they got to win out, basically, and make the playoffs. Their opponent record will – is. I mean, walking Northwest has the hardest schedule in the state. Um, so their RPI is going to look way better than some teams. um but that being said, they still got to win games. They can't just have a two-win season and make the playoffs. And um, they, they're they now increased to 3-3, three and three, and that's massive for them. They've got three straight games now, I believe. They play Urbandale, Centennial, and... Mm, I'm blanking. I'm blanking. It was another good team. I'm about to look it up. I'm about to look it up. Oh, Urbandale, Centennial is this week. And dude, that's actually Ankeny. How did I forget Ankeny? I'm literally from Ankeny. Um, but that being said, we know can request. I mean, they gotta they gotta perform these next three weeks if they want in to the playoff picture. Um, so that being said, let's head out east, shall we? Uh, southeast poke quietly. I mean, I feel like like statewide I did not like hear as much about this as I thought. They just quietly dominated Limar on Friday night. On the road, by by the way. Like this wasn't a home game like last year where it was just kinda like, Oh, Southeast Pope, whoop de doo, they dominate Limar. Limar only lost to Pleasant Valley by seven in overtime. So this isn't a cupcake team by any means. We've got a good run defense. Um, Secondary is probably a little bit lackluster, but they're physical and uh, they're a strong team. They're not weak. Keaton Roscap had actually a really good game against Southeast. West. He had like ten tackles, sixty yards, and a touchdown. Um, that being said, I mean the Rams walked in this game, and quite literally, they just handled them from zero zero on the clock. I mean, from st- from the first quarter to the fourth quarter. I was about to make like a. Dumb analogy, but we're just gonna act like that didn't happen. um I will say the Central Iowa effect I think is still gonna be present this year. I, I mean, there was a little bit teeter totter in my brain. Like, could a Eastern Iowa team maybe prove they're like they're able to hang with them at least? So, Eastern Iowa teams are two and four when facing Central Iowa teams this year. Now, it's not an astronomical number by any means. I believe that one of the wins was Ames versus Iowa City High. And then I, I don't remember the other one, but four and two—I mean, or two and four—it's still something to know, and and it definitely could get bigger as we move on to the on through the year because Book plays Prairie at home this upcoming week, which we will talk about later on the show. So stick around for that. Um, but I still think it's still around the Central Iowa effect. I mean they're just better teams in Central Iowa, better athletes. It's how it's been for a while now. And uh it'll be interesting to see if I mean I think Iowa City I would be best suit to compete with one of them, but they literally got house thirty four zip um by Dowling at on the road, so we'll see. I mean uh things to note about this game, I mean Southeast Polk was insanely efficient on offense. Fifteen for nineteen passing, six yards per carry, and they only had one one tackle for loss. That means that meaning Linmar only had one tackle for loss. They also won the turnover battle two to one. Uh, which is a big big number in high school football. This game was thirty five to thirteen at half, folks. Thirty five to thirteen at half. That is just that, that just proves that okay yeah. Let's go on a little tangent on Southeast Poke. Southeast Poke, undefeated with Abu Sama in at halfback. Um, he is quite literally, I think, the most impactful uh, player that's in the top ten of my rankings. I think, like for teams that are in the top ten of my rankings, he is the most impactful player out of all those ten teams. Um, I, now you could say like Dallas Saucer for Ames is incredibly. Uh, effective and, and is, like, the most valuable player of the year. Um, but I think Abu Sama when it comes to playoffs, people are like, geez, like, what would they do without this man? Similar to, like, Arlen Bruce uh, with Ankeny a while ago. Like, it was just kind of like, literally, they don't need to do anything but give this man the ball. And I think they have a very capable uh, second halfback in Harrison Gibson, um, who is very strong, kind of more of that down, that just – get. Five yards uh kind of kill you through a war of attrition but um i mean abu selma went nuclear this game he had th- four touchdowns i thought he had three he had four touchdowns 145 total yards i mean come on like that's nuts this team is good linmar is a good team and he vi- they are violated they didn't even get to really contest this game i think they had a fake touchdown like a Trick play touchdown at the beginning of the game. Like, I feel like that always happens when it's an Eastern Iowa versus Central Iowa because there's like nothing else to do. Um, that being said, I, I mean, we'll talk about it some later. I'm not going to diss Eastern Iowa too hard here. Um, Connor Moberly, I mean, had a phenomenal game. I think he had a, perf- a perfect, faster rating. Um, he had like over 200 and something yards and then proceeded to also throw for four touchdowns and no interceptions yeah 247 yards passing for moberly so he had his best game he has had as a rim. um super impressive out of him they needed that they needed kind of after that ankeny game where he threw three picks they needed kind of a hey i'm i'm a legit quarterback and they got it out of him um i think he'll be just just fine heading into the later weeks <clears throat> all right back to central iowa um, Anthony versus Valley, in my opinion, when I was watching it, was the most exciting game of the week. I wasn't as tuned in to Centennial versus Urbandale. Um, that game looked like like whenever I looked over, I was like, oh, my God, Trenton Smith just completed a 50-yard pass for a touchdown. But personally, this game just kind of had it all. I mean, we saw an insane another insane performance um, by Jamison Patton. And then we also saw just, like, two offenses that looked just great. Like, looked like the best they have had all season. I mean, you can – I mean, I'd say Ankeny was way more balanced this week or this last week than they were against Sepp. Sepp, they only rushed for, like, 26 yards because J.J. Cole just was playing out of his mind. Um, I think this is the most balanced Ankeny's looked offensively. Um, I mean, yeah, Jamison Patton is just lethal at wide receiver. I'm starting to wonder, like, is Iowa State going to start pondering him playing, uh, like wide receiver at college? Because he is a, a phenomenal wide receiver. I mean, he's got the route running ability, and then he's great at the catch point. Um, I mean, and I, I also want to note that JJ Cole, since losing the Dowling, seven hundred and six passing yards, seventy-five percent completion rate, and zero turnovers. And to add on to that. Uh, he's got nine touchdowns. So he's also starting to run the ball. Like, what's going on? Um, if he keeps playing at that face, at that rate, folks, the first-team All-State conversation will be wrapped up, like, by third round of playoffs, second round of playoffs. Because like, he kind of got a little bit snubbed, I think, last year. I think Daly, I mean, he was a great quarterback. I think they were just going to give it to whoever won the state championship, basically but I think J.J. Cole had more impressive just numbers overall Um, so if you're a statistical person you probably wanted J.J. Cole to win it Ankeny dominated up front in this game 6.9 yards 6.9 yards per carry and no sacks um, given up and then they also had 8 tackles for loss the Ankeny defense did so they owned up front Jason Williams rushed for over 100 yards he hadn't done that since Dowling Um, and then Ankeny came out in the second half and dominated they only allowed a field goal and they scored 13 points so they outscored them 13-3 to that being said I, I think Michael Provenza has looked way better he's just looked immensely better than when he did the first couple of weeks especially like since that Urbandale game he looks like a legit quarterback um he's really he's kind of shifty he's got some mobile to him and then he, he does have a decent arm they weren't He's not an air raid type of guy. I don't see him throwing like forty yard bombs, but he's definitely a, a dangerous on the feet, and that can lead to him being dangerous on the, on the air. So, um, great win for Ankeny. They add on to their resume. As for Valley, they're three and three. They're out of the playoffs right now. I don't think they'll stay out of the playoffs. I would not want to play Valley in the early uh, early rounds of the playoffs either. Because that this team is dangerous. I mean, Xavier and Robinson didn't get too much touch, like didn't get too much uh, attention, but he's back, and I think he's gonna slowly just start getting better. I mean, he's a sophomore; he's stepping into a huge game. I mean, Anthony's an elite team, uh, and their secondary is really good. I think I think um, Anthony knew about him before, uh, before the game, so they knew the kind of game plan, or at least know about him. Um, so. On to Ankeny's crosstown rivals in the North Centennial. Let's talk about Centennial. they won four straight after starting 0-2. I do not think people are realizing how good their resume really looks. Two close losses to top teams in their respective classes. Uh, first one being Indianola in the first week. They're a t- one of the top teams in 4A. And then Ankeny in week two. Uh, obviously, that game's close every year, so that's kind of more of a, Mething like you might just think rivalries are always going to be close but that's still impressive they then move on and dismantle Waukee 31 to 6 I think that's like the worst Waukee's gotten beaten all year and then Cedar Falls they beat pretty handily I mean actually very handily it was like 28 to 7 at one point um they beat a scrappy Sioux City squad now I do want to know Sioux City was coming in like that was their Super Bowl I mean if they won they're literally in the playoffs. So. um and they they won that game after immediately being down 13-0 two straight i mean it was a fumble recovery some weird thing right away uh on the kickoff like I, it was just a weird situation for them to come into and they won it was like a misty night too it wasn't good conditions and then the next week i thought they'd be a little bit beat up like i was a little bit doubting they also didn't have elijah porter people elijah porter had nine touchdowns in three weeks they go on and beat Urbindale, who is probably one of the better defenses in the entire state. They honestly dominate them through the air, um, and they and they did it without running the ball. That's the biggest crazy. Centennial, if you don't know, is literally like one of the few teams in Central Iowa that refuses to pass. They usually like you'll look at the stat sheet and see like eight total passes all game. They've really started to let Trenton Smith kind of go, and he's really he's really looked good these past couple of weeks. Um, moving on to the next, let's see. I mean, first it's the first time this season Urban Hills allowed over twenty five points. Um, I already noted Centennial won this game through the air, which is very important, I think, for them later in the season to win through the air. They have big playability. That's another key thing. The Centennial. Showed they have a they have a big play ability. They aren't just gonna dink and dunk for down the field and pray that they can get like a goal line touchdown. Although they're very good at that. Uh, I think Max Snyder looked impressive. Um, their play action. It was their play action game that really created um, so many lanes through the air. But uh, their defense also played pretty good. Eason Miller had seven tackles, four were for loss. Yeah, four for were for loss um although they did give it 23 it's a little bit more than i thought they would but i mean running house is also playing pretty good so now before we move on to the later half of the show please if you've not already leave a rating on our spot on spotify for a show um i say ours because if you guys ask me anything that you guys want to see in the next show i'll do it the show's for you guys um Please DM me on Twitter or Instagram if you have questions or anything to ask me. So, <clears throat> moving on. We're, t- we're going to start previewing some games, folks. And uh, we've got a monumental game in the East. Number four, Pleasant Valley, head to Iowa City High. Um, this game's going to be phenomenal. PV is a one-point favorite uh, via BC Moore and i'll give you my take soon but let's uh preview it a little bit iowa city high has outscored 100 and i mean opponents 104 to 0 in its last two games absolute insanity that's stat um drew larson has been really exceeding my expectations this season he's got 19 total touchdowns and only three interceptions and a 67.6 percent completion rate which is fairly high um I think City I is one of the like most explosive offenses in the state. They just put points on the board in a hurry. It was thirty-five to zero at half against Iowa City West two weeks ago, um, and then you got PV. PV is the polar opposite. They've got the slow, methodical offense, um, kind of like an Air Force type offense. They're gonna take their five yards of carry, and they're just gonna run it down your throat. They're strong. They're physical up Front. They've only passed it thirty-eight times this year. To put that into perspective, is Cole Ritchie of Sioux City East in his last game passed it forty-eight times. Um, they have an extremely physical and strong defense that's veteran, well coached, um, they're disciplined. I mean, this game is gonna be phenomenal. I think it's just two like different cultures clashing. Um, Iowa City High, I mean, they, they yeah their their offense really looked much improved since their past couple of losses. Um, and their offensive line has really grown. Um, there were a lot of youngins on that offensive line, so um on my take on my take on the on the game. I believe City High is going to get the win at at, at City High Stadium, was it? It's like uh, I should know this. Yeah, I, their home stadium. Someone will, I'll look it up after this. Um, I believe City I will get this win. Um, PB has faced one team with a top 10 pass offense, and that was Dubuque Campstead And We all know DeBuchamp Stead's 0-6. They're not a real pass threat offense. They're just passing because they're down by 30 every single game. I was see high second in the state in pass offense. This sec, PV secondary is going to be tested to its max. And I think if City High puts it on them right away, I think I'm, I won't say this for every team. A lot of people sometimes say you need a fast start to win a game. That's not the case for any team. Centennial didn't have a fast start against two City It's It's one of those things that you always want to have a fast start. But I think City High needs a fast start to win this game to just put PB in a, in a blender offensively. They're going to have to throw the ball. You're going to force them to throw the ball. Make Caden McNermott beat you through the air. Um, not that he's not a capable quarterback, but, I mean, I'd love to see them try to beat a team through the air instead of so the rushing. If you force a team to change their entire identity in one week, you have a very good chance of winning, no matter how good the team is. Um, they'll be at home. I mean, that's a massive advantage, and I, I think they're more desperate to win this game than PV. PB. PV's got the playoffs kind of wrapped in the bag. They can cut, kind of coast. They're 6-0. They've got, I mean, they don't have a terribly hard schedule after this. They've got, let's see, I remember them last year they didn't at least. It felt like they didn't. Well, they'll have DeBeach Senior. They'll, they'll beat pretty handily, in my opinion. And then they got Iowa City West. We'll see how that game plays out. I mean, Iowa City West has looked terrible and then looked all right. So, we don't really know, but they—they aren't—they aren't like screwed if they lose this game. I think CI would be kind of on a nervous boat. That would be three losses and and I mean they're 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 gonna make the playoffs, but you don't want to go to Central Iowa first round. That's basically saying you're a bot. Um. All right. So let's transition sh- eh, transition to the next game. We're moving on to Central Iowa. We've, or yeah, we are moving on to Central Iowa. We got Southeast Polk versus Prairie. Last year, this game was one of the best games of the year, if you don't remember. Crazy blocked field goal by Xavier Monka to win 21 to 20 to start. Southeast Polk has not lost with Abu Sama in the lineup yet. We've stated that before in the show. Um, Moberly's also coming off his best game. Um,. Mikel Taylor of Prairie just came off a 200-yard performance. He has had a very good season for Prairie. Um, both teams like to run the ball, so there is a potential of a low-scoring game, but I don't think Southeast Polk is going to keep it low-scoring. Um, Southeast Polk's defense is one of the best in the state at just getting turnovers. They get fumbles, they get interceptions. They've done it to the best of teams, besides probably Ankeny. Um I believe Southeast Polk wins this game. I think they went comfortably. I think they were in it, like pretty comfortably. I think Prairie's defense just can't, won't be able to stop Abu Sama. Um, I think Southeast Post's defense can at least limit Mikel Taylor. Um, yeah, I'm gonna take the Rams 38 to 20. I think the Rams offense, despite it being kind of a run-first offense, I think they're explosive. I think they make, they have big plays mainly because of Abu Sama being so good. So. With that being said, on to our final game we will talk about on the show. We've got Centennial versus Waukee Northwest. Now, this game is actually pretty interesting to me, Um, mainly because both these teams are just so similar. Centennial versus Waukee Northwest, we got both teams have great defenses, they both have run first tendencies, and they both go through an absolute gauntlet of a schedule granted Joaquin Earth goes through a tougher schedule. Um Joaquin Earth is coming off a very impressive defensive performance in which they defeat um in which they defeat we talked about that earlier. A team that Centennial struggled with, in my view, uh pretty hatily. Uh, meanwhile Centennial is coming off a massive win against Ermindale on the road, which we talked about earlier. Um, I mean this is a super tough pick. Uh, i'm giving the edge to centennial in my eyes i've rode with them the past four games i'm going to keep riding with them until they lose um this will be a close game i I believe this will be a close game in a defensive grinded out game if elijah porter is healthy i mean i'd give him maybe a little bit more points but i got centennial winning 21 to 17 um I think that's a good number. It'll be at Northwest Stadium. I mean, not at Northwest. At Northview Stadium, which is Centennial's home field. Uh, That's not confusing at all. Um, So this has... That game has a potential to be probably the top game of the week. Alright. Some of the games I'll just mention quickly because they could be good games. Um, We've got... Dowling versus Ames, uh, that game, I mean, I think Dowling is going to handle Ames, but it's going to be interesting. I mean, Ames does have a very good offense. Jalen Luce, if you haven't seen that catch he had, that is ridiculous. That was like an Odell, that was really the definition of an Odell Beckham catch. Um, other games, I mean, I'm interested to see Valley versus Des Moines Lincoln, just to see how Xavier and Robinson maybe gets used in that um, Davenport West versus Cedar Rapids-Kennedy. I like Kennedy in that one. Um, I probably could have talked about that in this kind of episode, but uh, my take would be I like Kennedy. I think uh, it almost hurts Davenport West that Kennedy got beat last week because Kennedy's going to be coming in kind of – I think they're not going to be sleeping on Davenport West. I don't think Davenport West is going to be a team that they're going to sleep on and they're not going to be undefeated have that kind of cushion to be like oh if we lose we're fine we'll make the playoffs i think they're going to be a little motivated to beat uh davenport west all right i mean muscatine versus senior, that could be a good game It'd be interesting to see if a senior can bounce back after a really tough stretch um that being said let's talk about my rankings um and then we'll kind of just wind the show down after that um let's see let me get to my rankings real quick just so I don't sound like an idiot talking about my own rankings and I mess up one of them. So, number one, I got Dowling still. They beat Ankeny, who beat Southeast Polk. Now, Southeast Poke beat Dowling. That's a whole thing. It's a week of one. I'm willing to bet week one is more of an outlier than week three, if you know what I mean. Um, uh, I got Ankeny at two, Southeast Polk at three. And Pleasant Valley at four. That four is not changing until one of them lose. Um, no reason for it to. Um, I mean, yeah, this will be fun. I mean, I'm excited for this week just to see how the rankings could move because City High could jump. High Centennial could jump up there. Um, so at fifth, I've got Centennial. Now we talked about Centennial's resume earlier guys they have one of the most impressive resumes up there um they have a real shot at the dome and uh, i'm actually really like i'm interested to see if they can match up with the eastern iowa team i'm i'm gonna be it's gonna be exciting in centennial let's just say that um moving up four spots i've got city high um i mean this team is explosive they've got ben keeter who's literally a man among boys they've got drew larson who's looked fantastic they've got if maddox has been really good running major those types of guys they they just have good athletes and they've really kind of blended as the season goes on their offensive line has gotten much better um i like them a lot i think they're really good they have a chance to kind of win the east this year which would put them in the dome for back-to-back years which is i mean that's just great love seeing an eastern Iowa, with new eastern Iowa with teams get in there um moving on well I guess they're not new let me retract this they I mean, they'll be back to back in and like Pv and I say new like PV has made it like three years that being said people like seeing Iowa see in the in the in the dome last year it was a like a party when they got in. um urbandale urbandale moved down one spot. I mean, Urbindale's still a good team, folks. I mean, Valley, they beat Valley. That's why they're holding that seventh spot above Valley, even though they're also coming off a loss. Um, I like—I still like them. They're a good team. They're pretty good defensively. Um, offensively, I think they're a little stagnant at times, and I think it can kind of get them in trouble. When they were needing to pass the ball to catch up with Centennial, they looked good. I'm just, It'd be interesting to see Peyton Runninghouse in kind of like an air raid type throw the ball assist um valley valley stays at eight for me despite their three and three that one i kind i feel like i probably got some scoffs about that one i mean valley's a great team folks i mean defensively they're they way better than last year and then their offense i mean it's just getting better every game they competed with ankeny do not get that mixed up it was 21 to 21 twenty one and a half. half it came down to a what was it like a good final possession because yeah, it came down to kind of a final possession type thing because Ankeny just kind of scored at the end of the game when it was like meaningless Um, Prairie stays at 9 for me Um, they're interesting they they have the chance to move up if they keep it close to a Southeast poke and then 10, new team coming in Cedar Falls They dominated Kennedy made me look like an idiot for having Kennedy at um, number 5 on my ranking so yikes Um, and then teams to watch, I got Joaquin Northwest. You always got to keep an eye on them. Johnson's a good eye- team to keep an eye on. They play tomorrow night uh, against Sioux City North. Kennedy, um, keep an eye on them. Despite they're five and one still, folks. I don't want to overreact, but them getting beat by Kennedy that bad, I mean by Cedar Falls that bad, kind of gave me some sketch, sketched out feelings. And then Sioux City East and Linmar are still in there for me. Sioux City East, they still stay in my teams to watch. Just they've kept it close twice. I mean, 10 points. I know I said that walking your first down in that game. But, I mean, it's way better than we previous years, So they've shown they can kind of compete. All right. That will do it, folks. That was a great show. Um, thank you for tuning in. I appreciate it a lot. I will be back on Monday. We're, we're planning on Monday this time uh, for the Week 7 recap. Until then, take care. God bless and thank you for listening to PK Podcast.